What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Adaptations Podcast, where each week I bring on some friends who specialize in fitness or strength training so that you can get influenced on how to implement fitness and training into your life. Today, we've got my good friend, Nathaniel (laughs) Wolf. That's me. Powerlifter. Uh, What else do you do in your day-to-day basis? I just work. Dog dad. Dog dad, powerlifter. Labor. Super Jew. Contributor to society. He's yeah. saying that because he is a Jew and he's strong. He's like super strong. So I guess you are a super Argu- Jew. Arguably the strongest Jew in North America. Arguably. F- find a Jew with a higher total than me. I, I, I that, that You could like take that as your slogan, put that on your Instagram, yeah. if you can validate we're not, that. We're not counting Dots or Wilkes right now because no, no, Leah, no, no, Leah, Leah Beauvoir is in North America right now and she's Jewish. And mm. she has what like a 600 dot score or something like so that. what are your dots uh 469 which by the way dots is just like um what is it, like an it's, equation it's, it's, the to, it's, the, it's it's the math equation to measure strength in powerlifting amongst different weights and um yeah it, it, it levels the playing field amongst people right between who are my size who are 280 pounds and people who are 110 pounds. Right. So it measures strength mathematically. Right, right, right. So my dot score is 469 pounds. So nice. <laughs> so we got to find. Now, I don't know if there's like, <laughs> there's certainly not a filter by Jewish and non Jews. No, you, so just, you, you just have see, to do your own research. You have to do your own research to find the list of strong lifters. And, and who are and who are Jewish and who are Jewish so, and filter them out. Yes, so that you know where you're ranking. I know three or four Jewish powerlifters who are stronger than me, like who have a higher total than me, and that's about but it. But do they have higher dots? Is the question probably potentially because they they total over two thousand pounds. So that's awesome. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Dots okay. wise, though, I'm definitely in like the top fifty, maybe, maybe for Jews I don't know that's that's tougher to find also there's no weight classes in the jungle so it's all about the amount of weight you lift true 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 if I needed a change of spare tire and I didn't have a jack it doesn't matter what your dot score is you could just lift it yeah I, you're right there exactly so strong. what are you weighing at now dude uh, I'm like uh, high 270s right now 270 yeah dude but you look like a good 270 eh, some it, 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 Varies day to day, you know, like body dysmorphia is like real for me too. Like I look in the mirror, I'm like, some days I'm just like, Jesus, you look like Santa Claus. Really? And yeah. And other days I'm just like, you know what? You don't look half bad. You look pretty jacked. That's if like Santa Claus like juiced up on DECA and like yeah. people and shit. But like, I, I guess like the thing is, is, I'm so much involved in the fitness community. I always see people, you know, who look absolutely jacked, very low body fat uh-huh. compared to myself. So yeah. like, I'm comparing myself to them. And that's where I guess my body dysmorphia comes from. That's so, that's. I won't say it funny because it's not very funny. That body dysmorphia is nothing to really laugh at. Uh, Sometimes it is. Yeah. Um, but in my eyes, I see you and I feel like this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my body dysmorphia because I constantly feel like this. Like I feel so small that I bump into people mm. and I'm like, like my proprioceptive signals are just off because I feel like I'm smaller than I actually am. Yeah, so I um I just started watching on Netflix. Have you seen the Physical One Hundred? No. Okay, so it's this, wait. I know uh, it's the Korean okay. show. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And so it's very fascinating because they're bringing they're bringing in a hundred people from all walks of fitness. You mm-hmm. have like Olympic wrestlers, MMA fighters, bodybuilders, CrossFitters, strongmen, powerlifters, 
And then there's a prison guard was one of them, a car dealer. The car dealer's my favorite. He's like a strong man powerlifter. It's just the biggest human being alive. But it's very fascinating seeing how all these people line up next to each other. And they're all considered, you know, fit in their own aspect. Mm -hmm. And so that, like, I, I guess that helps me with my idea of body dysmorphia in that, you know, there's not one definition, one, like, picture-perfect physique when it comes to fitness because it's all about what our goals are. My, right. goal, my goal is not stepping on stage and getting judged for, you know, my six-pack and being able to suck in my tummy and flex my, my biceps. Right. My goal is to be as strong as humanly possible. Right, 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 right. And that doesn't come with aesthetics all the time. Mm -hmm. But at the same token, um, you could knock it off easily if you wanted to. Yeah, if I wanted to. If you wanted I, I to. really like pizza and ice cream and uh, the sandwiches at Cangianos. And, and pushing heavy weight. But I love pushing heavy weight. What are you benching at now? I, saw um, I just started repping 400. You started repping 400. Uh, Neil and I believe that I should be able in the next couple of weeks to do a 3x3 three three with 405. Nice. So Nice. And that we think by the by summer, 3x5 with 405. So. <sighs> The, the goal really is four reds, uh, so 485, 496, 495, 496, 496, one of those. Uh, as long as the as, college is or not. As long as there's four <laughs> reds, I don't care if the college is on. <laughs> it just needs to look pretty. That's very impressive, though. That's a, potentially a 500-pound bench. Yeah, exactly. So, And that's actually something that many people, like, so most, a lot, there's a lot of people that will get to the 500 deadlift, the 500 squat. The 500 bench is very uncommon. I, I was I was at the I was at Adelante the other day. I was squatting. I was doing four or five reps. I forget mm -hmm. with a uh, 530 on the bar for my squats. And there's this some some motherfucker here just repping out. Not repping out. He hit a single at 530. Also, I look I looked over. I'm like that's that's the same weight I'm squatting, bro. Like can you can you not <laughs> can you wait till I'm done? <laughs> <laughs> How big was he? Uh, he wasn't that big. He uh. was he was probably like a solid like 110 of muscle. Yeah, it's like, so like 242. Yeah. It's the norm now, like to be able to squat 500, like in the powerlifting community at least, uh, to squat 500, bench in the threes, and deadlift in like the, close to the sixes. But but he's an RPS lifter, so it's. Mm -hmm. Well, we know what happened to RPS lifters once they joined Adelante. They typically convert. Uh, they do convert. I mean, it's all the USPA lifters converting now. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. I, you know, I, well, I, that, I know we're, we're watching something implode in real time. Listen, I know that. Yeah, well, with everything that's going on with USAPL, what was what happened with U the USPA? USPA. No, USPA. USPA. Yeah, what happened? Um, basically, it started coming out that certain state chairs and like meet directors, yeah, had some really problematic backgrounds. Like yeah, child abuse, sexual abuse, uh, stalking, uh, sexual assault, like sexual harassment. And the USPA was basically like, oh, we didn't know, but they were saying, oh, but you told us you were running background checks and it was uh, sex offender background checks. And those weren't even that accurate because they did have sex offenders who were um, in the direct meet directors or um, state chairs. Uh, don't quote me on that. I don't want to be held liable. <laughs> but um, they my, weren't <laughs> from from my understanding. It was there was a lot of problematic stuff. And I, a lot of stuff you're seeing, like from Joe Sullivan, who's been very vocal, Papa Bear Rogers, who are like yeah. the, two of the USPA's biggest guys, um, just immediately say, we don't want to be affiliated with you. I was talking to a few guys at Adelante who worked, um, they were, they held state uh, records, they were state refs, and they literally told, they emailed the USPA's office and were like, expunge us. Don't, don't, yeah. don't even get rid of it. Expunge me from your record book. I want nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, I know Liam. Uh, he posted something about that um, from Sin Powerlifting, mm -hmm. and he—that's how I heard about it. it was just oh, it was—it's it's like all over, and it's—they're it, like digging their heels in now. It, it's just a mess. It's a real mess. Yeah. And 
What's crazy though is the WRPF was basically like, oh, if you're a USPA member, you could come to us for, and we're gonna waive your first year of membership fees. WRPF? It's the other, it's it's the same thing. It's literally the exact same thing as the USPA. It's just, cause uh, WRPF was based out of Russia. Okay. Or it was at least founded in Russia. I don't know if it's still based out of Russia. What does that stand for? World Raw Powerlifting Federation. Okay, okay. It's just, there's a million of these. But is that like, that's not the parent of USPA? It, no, it's not. The parent of the USPA is the IPL. The IPL, right, right, right. And so, the WRPF is the global organizations, WRPF USA, WRPF, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so I, I, I know they were basically like, if you're in the USPA, come to us. We'll waive your membership fees. Yeah. And they started doing drug-tested lifting. They started implementing drug-tested events because, you know, that's a big, a lot of, a lot of people at the USPA would, would, would do drug-tested because, you know, they get the, the 24-hour weigh-in and the deadlift bar. Right. So they instead of going USAPL, they go USPA drug tested. Yeah. So WRPF is like, oh, we'll do drug tested. We'll we'll do we'll literally all these meets that the USPA were doing. Yeah. Are now being sanctioned by the WRPF. But how sophisticated are their um, operations? Like, are they able to? I have no handle idea. all that. I'm look. I I just know as a marketing thing that's brilliant. It, it is. It, it is. It, yeah. It, you're you, you probably out. at least raised your membership by fifty percent from that. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is people don't want to be affiliated with the USPA because it not only is what they did bad, but it looks bad on you if, you know, down the road someone finds out, oh, you're affiliated with this. And yeah. you, you look into it and you're like, oh, I don't. I. You think it'll get that bad? Cause like, no, it's powerlifting. Yeah. It's powerlifting. No one yeah. cares about powerlifting. And, and people, but, that and people tend to forget. Yeah. it's we Powerlifting, especially powerlifting, is a very short-term memory sport. Yeah. We don't, we don't remember things from five years ago. No. But the you remember fact, Ed Cohen? I, I, everyone remember, I'm not going to say everyone remembers Ed Cohen. I don't know if half the people who started powerlifting last year know who Ed Cohen is. Um, we should educate them. If I wanted to talk to them, Ed Cohen is Ed Cohen's the. I, I bet you, if you walked into a powerlifting gym nowadays with you know all these young guys who have their cameras and their microphones and doing their vlogs, and you ask them who Louis Simmons is or who Ed Cohen is, yeah, they won't know. Yeah, I had a discussion with a friend the other day. Um, she had a shoulder injury at the gym, and she was going to stop benching. So I was just like, try out the football bar, like the football bar. You have the neutral grip; it's good on your shoulder. So she tried it out. Guess what? It worked. She mm. didn't have any shoulder pain. Um, so I congratulate her. I'm like, you're a West Side lifter now. She's like, <laughs> she's like what, what's that? What, what do you mean? I'm like, you're a power lifter and you don't know what West Side is? No. Nah. I, I I had to take a double. I was, like, I was like the old YouTube days. I, I mean, but West Side, like, look, conjugate always gets shit. Rightfully so. It's it's like what we were talking about before that we started recording with Amish and Hasidic Jews. It's It's being stuck in the past. Like, it's what you believe in and you want to stick to it even though it was cool in the 70s and it worked in the 70s and it doesn't work anymore how many world level tested non-tested athletes use conjugate yeah. or, well everyone uses a style of conjugate but like who uses direct conjugate method anymore yeah That's a good yeah. lifter no I, one i and, think yeah i agree with you i think it has to do with like sort of like the bubble that they're living in you know because mm -hmm. a lot of like uh powerlifting is just living in a bubble in your own gym you know and, and doing what people next to you are doing and some of those gyms exist still here in jersey oh yeah um well there, there i i I've never i've never met him but uh, I, do you remember when there was the beef with skiba and adelante 
I didn't know there was beef. No, there, there was. It was because uh, like Dan and Sergio came over. Oh, from that's such Skiba. a shame. And I so Skiba, Skiba just started commenting on posts and just like. Oh, uh, did he? Sh- yeah, he was just shit talking everything about uh, Adelante. It was bad. I, I've been to Skiba's before, and this was before Adelante existed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it's a great, it's a great place, man. I, I remember loving the, the environment. One of my friends, Aaron, brought me in, and I was like, "Damn, dude, this place doesn't like well, a place that, like this." He's, doesn't a, really he's exist. an old West Side. Head. He's an OG, OG. Yeah, he is. Um, no calibrated plates in there, <laughs> but they had the hundred pound plates, and I thought that was oh, cool. That's cool. That is cool. I, I want to get because we ha- we have the garage gym at Adam Swift's house. Mm-hmm. I want to get. I've been like trying to get fifty cal fifty kilo plates. The fifty kilo plate calibrated fifty kilo plates. Why is that hard to get? Is that I mean they're six hundred dollars. Oh okay. They're just okay. expensive, and it's just like, do I really want to drop? Like over half a thousand dollars on one pair of plates. Uh, the way I see it is like if you do drop the six hundred dollars on the one pair or like the multiple pair. How is that? How many plates come in that? It's just the order? fifty. It's just just one fi- pair. Just one pair of fifty kilo plates. It's six hundred dollars. It's six hundred dollars. Oh yeah. Wait, what brand? All of them, like Rogue, Rogue, Vulcan, really? Strongarm. They're all very. Expensive. I thought it was like a. Isn't it like a pack? You can get like a two thousand pound. You can get the like, pack, but like those never come packs. with the fifty kilos. Oh. Those come with the like. Either, oh, a certain I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> You've been saying fifty kilos, and I'm thinking fifty pounds, which is twenty five kilograms. No, no, no. I'm no, saying fifty 100, kilos, hundred ten pound plates. Yeah. Shit, that's dope. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, but I've heard they're also a bitch to pick up. I'm sure they are. They're 110 <laughs> pounds. You've ever done t- double 25? I've done the, the double 20, so the you, double 45s. Yeah, yeah. I do it all the time. Okay. I, and I love doing it at like regular commercial gyms. Cause I was like, training at a commercial. I was training at the World Boxing Gym yesterday. That's nice gym and too. It, it's a nice. It's a nice gym for what it is. I get the thing is, is the way I see is every gym has their own personality, mm-hmm. and they usually mimic the personality of the owner and what the owner's interests are. Because yeah, well, the World Boxing Gym is not a powerlifting gym. It's, no. a, it's, a, it's literally a boxing gym with weights. And it, yeah, I appreciate it for that. But I think he, the owner at some point must have realized that. Members are coming here for the weights. Yeah, like they obviously branched out to more weight like. Yeah, I, I was I was I was in the downstairs doing bench press. You know. Yeah. Having people stare at me because I'm a powerlifter and this You're doing small like, commercial. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I go. I went upstairs to do my accessories, and I was I was just staring at the boxers because. Yeah. You know that's not something I do, but it's very fascinating to me. Yeah, but I think powerlifting is a very interesting. Uh, I don't even know, I want to call it a sport. It's a hobby. <laughs> it's, it's a, a hobby. Because. Um, it, it's it's a way to continue to stay active. Mm-hmm. Um, like let's take a person such as yourself, where you say you just love to eat. Now imagine if you ate as much as you did, but you didn't work out. I, I've been there before. Mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what my life was like. I hated it. You know, I started lift. Basically, that's how my fitness journey began. I would, I ate a lot and I didn't work out and I was miserable. And I started working out and I lost I lost about like sixty pounds. How'd you get into working out? Like, what did you do when you first started? Uh, I. First start when I first started really wor- seriously working out. I it was my sophomore year of college. I looked in the mirror. I was like, "Shit, I'm not happy with myself. I look like a fat piece of shit." And so I signed up for a personal trainer at college. And so it's just a student personal trainer, forty dollars for four months. Hmm. I'm, fuck yeah! So I did that. I worked with him. His name was Dylan. He was uh, the goalie on the club hockey team. Really cool guy. Did not give a fuck about anything except for fitness. So it was really fun to work with him. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I started squatting with him. I had like twenty five pounds on each side. I, I, I never, I never squatted before. What'd you weigh? 
uh, I was like 230. 230. But like a fat 230. A like fat no, 230. no muscle mass, really. Just, uh-huh. just eating, chilling. And then I started working out with him. And then that was in January. And then by June, July, I was 190 pounds. Shit. And it was starting, to, like, I was putting on muscle at that point, too. So that's why I say I, that's like, that's a 40 pound difference. But I'd say I lost more weight because I started putting on muscle also. Yeah, but. Still, yeah, you at one ninety? I can't imagine that. I could show you pictures. How it's, tall are you? Uh, I'm six foot. Six foot. So I was slim. I was right, slim. You're slim. Yeah, you're and right. so then I, that's when I started like flirting with the idea of powerlifting. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And um, what? Where, where was I? No, no, that wasn't when I started flirting with the idea of powerlifting. Um, because that was the summer I interned in Washington D.C. You know, I'd go for runs, I'd work out, I would do whatever, and then I studied abroad in Poland. Mm-hmm. And so I was in Krakow, Poland, beautiful city, highly recommend for anyone, most underrated city in Europe. Um, and I had a small gym. I would go there. I, I'd go work out with my friend. And that's when I started like realizing, you know, I'm a little stronger than most people. Like mm-hmm. I'm bigger. I'm stronger. It, it's just the way it is. I like I was obsessed with uh, C.T. Fletcher's arm warfare workout. Like mm-hmm. the arm, I would do that once a week. Just my arms were massive. I was doing uh, Steve Weatherford's. Uh, Armageddon pro I was obsessed with doing arms it was so fun um and then so yeah I started realizing I I was never on a program I realized you know I'm stronger than most people and I knew a buddy from college who had been powerlifting since high school Mm. so I started to message him and I'm just like yo Doug like what do you think should is this something I should get into and he's like here just here's some stuff like read on to it so he put me onto 531 um and all that stuff so I started I started flirting around with powerlifting originally with 531 mm. um for like 20 bucks i purchased sebastian oreb the australian strength coach yeah. uh, his powerlifting program um so i was flirting around with all these like generic programs and it got to the point where yeah i, I was getting stronger i was getting stronger um and then the final like programming i did on my own was german volume training if do you, are you familiar with german no. volume training? 10 sets of 10 okay just brutal stuff. Okay. And so, but then there's like advanced German volume training. So it's, it's just 10 sets of reps. So you, What's advanced German volume? 10 sets of five, 10 sets of three, 10 sets of two. Okay. So it, it's just high volume work. And eventually, you know, it's le- lighter, like less volume sets, but still 10 sets of anything is a lot. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was back in college um, my senior year. I went to school in New Hampshire, so... I was like Googling powerlifting, all, all this stuff, and I, I found Adelante Barbell Club on Google search because I'm from Maplewood, New Jersey, and so I found, holy shit, there's there's this gym right there. So I, I reached out to him. I'm like, hey, I'm interested in powerlifting. I'm originally from Maplewood. I would, I'd love I'd love to find out more. So they, they put me in contact with Neil, who's my coach still today. Yeah. Uh, he and I did a, God, it wasn't Zoom. It was like a FaceTime. I don't know what it was. We did a video chat call. We, we discussed stuff, and we started working together the week of Thanksgiving 2017. Okay. And since then, you know, when I first started with him, he was like, oh, do you have plans to compete? Do you want to do this, this, this? I was like, nah, man, like, you know, I'm not going to win any competitions. I, I just want to be strong. I want to have fun. That's what everybody says. <laughs> and then within, like, a month of doing it, I'm like, fuck. Like, I see everyone signing up for New Jersey States. I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. New Jersey States. Like, it's going to be my first competition. So we signed up for States, and that's where, how I got into powerlifting. Yeah. What were your numbers at your first meet? Oh, God. Um, I squatted, I want to say 419. Okay. I bench pressed. Oh, what did I bench press? My bench press, my, my first meet bench press story is the most embarrassing thing. Um, I went out for my bench uh, for the first attempt, and I sat under the bar, 
and I just waited because I forgot that I had to unrack the bar, and I thought it was a judge <laughs> command to unrack the bar. Right? Unrack. Yeah, I thought that's what start was. <laughs> so I timed out on my first bench. Oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think I. Tell finished- you, Neil's probably looking at you like. Yeah, he was just like he literally was like, "What, what, the, what, what?" He was like, "What the fuck just happened?" I'm just like, "It was a brain fart." Yeah, like, yeah. I was super embarrassed, but like, <laughs> we recovered. It was good. Um, I finished with a 297 bench. I've always been a strong bencher. 297 is pretty yeah. nice. And um, I deadlifted 518. Okay, so solid numbers on your yeah, first. Yeah, it was uh, which what weight class? 105. 105. So that's yeah. 230 pounds. Yeah. And it was a 560 total, 560 kilo total. What's that, like 10, 11? It's like, like 11 something. So if you said 297, No, it's like a 12 something. 500 would be 1,100. Plus 5, plus 4, that's 9. 1,200, it's around 1,200. Yeah, yeah, it's like a 1,200 total. Okay. So It's a pretty good total, like over 1,000 uh, pounds. Yeah, for my meet. first meet six months into the sport. And also like eight for nine? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, eight for nine. Like nine attempts, no, three yeah. attempts on squat, three attempts on yep, bench, three for, attempts on deadlift. Eight for nine. Eight for nine. Uh, all white lights except for being timed out on bench. <laughs> and then your last meet, what'd you hit? Uh, last meet, um, it was 639 squat. 639. So 290, uh, 290 kilos, uh, 441 pound bench, 200 kilo bench. Yeah. And deadlift was 330 kilos, 727. 727. So I've put on nearly 200 pounds onto each lift. Onto each lift, yeah, yeah. That's great. It's it's great. And then, but like, I it's some people like look at that and like, holy shit, dude, like that, like I need to get there. I'm like, when I, when I talk to people in the gym, they're like, you're so strong. I'm like, yeah, well, I've been doing this for six years. Of, of course, I'm going to be at this level yeah yeah i think uh that says a lot to the people that are rather successful in like powerlifting or get stronger is that mm. you i remember one of the first few times that i started like goal setting in the gym i was like all right i want to hit a 500 pound squat i want to hit a 300 pound bench i want to hit a 600 pound deadlift my, yeah my my, orig- my first goals were 300 400 500 yeah and then i hit that and like because we were young we were able to push it mm-hmm. we didn't get hurt for some somehow i don't know how i didn't get hurt because i didn't do any of the programming still you did. getting hurt bro it's it's insane sometimes sometimes it's well you got a good coach that's that's for sure you know and he's managing you well but uh yeah the um i remember at that time i was just hitting trying to trying to go for 475 every every time i squatted right every mm-hmm. week week after week uh I would fail it this week fail it next week and then sort of get it next week but then try to clean it up the week after and, and then get it the week after that so then i go okay i'm gonna add five pounds each side or 10 pounds each side mm-hmm. and then just slowly go up from that and then eventually hit like a 495 squat i remember my first powerlifting me i actually practiced in the back it was at a retro fitness that's closed down in piscataway and there was one of the coaches one of the trainers there um he uh, held a, like a powerlifting meet there i've never heard of powerlifting my mm-hmm. buddies uh, noel and alan got me into it and um yeah, I practiced my attempts in the back before I would go out there and hit it because I wanted to make sure I would that's, hit that's it. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how stupid it was. Um, but, yeah, I, I was able to just do well uh, for a short period of time without getting hurt. And uh, that's just how I progressively got stronger. Then, you know, yeah. joined up with Soya. And uh, it was just a knucklehead with Soya. Soya's a knucklehead. He's, 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 he's the best. He's a, he's, he's, really a, he's a teddy bear. He, he's awesome, man. And And it's like... Damn, looking back at it now and thinking of myself in his shoes, like he probably took me on as a client, got excited, like, yo, he's going to be strong. 
and then, and then I started just being a knucklehead, <laughs> just fucking around all the time, you know, taking weeks off, not really going to getting. Didn't you get hurt like for a while from snowboarding? Yeah, that was way later though. That was later. That was like two, three years later. But yes, yes. So imagine, like I think, <laughs> I think I gave him more business as a physical therapist than as an actual <laughs> client because I'm a fucking knucklehead. Making him better both ways. Yeah. <laughs> really testing his patience. And pretty sure I'm the reason why he quit powerlifting, but that's okay. No, no, no. He seems he, happy with jujitsu. He loves jujitsu, so you're welcome for that. <laughs> you hear that, Soya? You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. No, no, no. He got to that by himself, <laughs> though. Um, yeah, that's that's part of the reason why I think that powerlifting is such a really cool um, hobby. Uh, <laughs> because in situations like yourself, like people don't want to cut down to get abs. They don't yeah. really give a shit for abs. I mean, like they want to be healthy, but they just. Don't be, be, but be healthy in a fun way. Like yeah, you know, like growing up, my father, uh, but he's he's a cyclist. So every mm-hmm. literally every weekend, every Friday he he had Fridays off. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, man would wake up at six a.m. go out for like a four or five hour bike ride. Mm-hmm. Just come home, just sit sit down on the front lawn, just drink his coffee. As happy he can be. Mm-hmm. And so that's I think that's what really what rubbed off on me for powerlifting is. Mm-hmm. Do something that's going to keep you fit, but do something that's going to make you happy. Right. And it's a really neat hobby because, like you said, it keeps you – it's a hobby that keeps you fit. Yeah. And, like, so I've been frustrated from powerlifting before. I've Mm -hmm. I've had, like, a bad session ruin my day. But at the end of the day, I always remember this is a hobby. Like, I'm not making money off this. I'm spending money to do this. This is – this is my choice, so I can't let it ruin my day. And I, I, but it's still something to get passionate about, you know. No, of course, it, it, and that, it's, that's it's, why that's okay a big reason I, I chose it. to do powerlifting is because yeah. I missed the passion, the fiery competitive spirit. Right, and then there's that aspect too, you know. Instead of like for people that don't want to, de- they don't have the time or capacity to dedicate their whole life to a sport like you know football, basketball. They might go to the play a pickup game and it's mm. slightly competitive but it's not the same it's, it's not because unless you're in a league you're not really planning out you're like not you're not playing you're when you when you go play pickup basketball you, you're what you're playing for bragging rights for 10 minutes before you play the next pickup game like right right but and then you know i had friends who were in a league and they would meet up and play and practice mm. and i think that's probably the most similar to what we sensation yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, powerlifting probably. um but I've been look. I've been looking yeah. to do like league, a league like that for rugby or lacrosse. Just that'd be pretty cool. I, I admit, like as much as I love the competitiveness of powerlifting and doing it, it it's boring sometimes. Yeah, it really it's a lonely is. sport. I, I miss you know the feeling of going to war with brothers and yeah. team sport. So I've been trying to find like a, a lacrosse league or a rugby league to do. And I think that's why Soya is so into jujitsu and departed from powerlifting mm-hmm. because yeah, powerlifting you, you could you basically do it on your own. Yeah. Um, but with jujitsu you actually get to. You do the same with powerlifting. You meet people, you talk to them, you yeah, get involved. You get you know. powerlifting. Some of my best friends are from powerlifting, like Jeremy, Adam. Like, yeah. I'm, they're some of my best friends in the world right now. And that's like the awesome piece of mm-hmm. it is it's a hobby that brings people together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like, I, there, there really is a, like that going to war with brothers aspect. I yeah. Think. It's like, you know, fighting for the guy alongside you. Alongside you. Like, uh-huh. I miss that so much with lacrosse. I'd, I'd love to get back on the field and play. Yeah, that'd be pretty neat. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty neat. I've been. So a, I'd be the strongest guy in the field. By you sure. definitely would be, but you'd also be the slowest. <laughs> well, that's why I'm a goalie. So <laughs> <laughs> your running mechanics would probably. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. why I'm the goalie. Oh, but you just have to work on your lat. Tell I, Neil to like program in some lateral squats did, so you can move side to side. We we did we were doing those for a while when I went to the district. Uh huh. And I, I got really good at those. <laughs> the the, the was it Cossack squats where you're going side to side. Okay. 
And Neil, Neil would look over. I would be on, on the turf at the district doing them. And he'd look over and like, you don't look like you weigh 280 pounds. <laughs> yeah. For how I was moving, like going side to side. I was getting low. I'm so. telling you, you're, you're, you're fucking huge. You're buff, man. You're not yeah. fucking. Um, so I was just like, yeah, I'd never thought I had that. Fu- you know, I'm like the least flexible person in the world. I could barely touch my back. <laughs> <laughs> touch your back right now. Guys. I could only get the gear. <laughs> Dude, those are goals, man. Those so, are goals. Yeah. I mean, don't. It's, it's annoying in the shower. I have to have like the stick. And <laughs> I look like I'm fucking like SpongeBob in the cartoons just using the stick to wash my back because I can't touch my back. Fucking buff SpongeBob at that. <laughs> the anchor arms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's awesome because, uh, it, like, like I was just talking about before, people, they, Cardio isn't for everybody. No. Um, it gives you something to stick to for like months on end. Like I had a client, um, Nofi, who said she's never really stuck to going to the gym for a long period of time for like a month at a time. But it gives you something to obsess about in terms of like the process. Like you focus on how the way a squat looks, the mechanics, mm-hmm. and you can get deep into anatomy. And then that actually allows you to – this is where like, it's like a gateway where people start to become like movement specialists. And they think they can like – you know, they, they they can take the place of a physical therapist, but it's not the same. No, it, because they learned how to squat and deadlift and bench. And they, I, they, they I did one meet contact DM me for coaching thirty bucks a month. <laughs> you know, I. But here's my thing on that too. On the other side, people who like get into this and think that they can coach. I think that's a good thing. I, I actually think that's a good thing. Like, good for you for having extent, the balls to say, like, I can help you. I, I think to an extent, because my, my issue with this is everyone and their mother is trying to monetize the sport right now and, like, trying to make it a living and make money off of it. And, yeah, good for you for having the confidence to be like, I can coach you to your next meet. But at the same time, would you hire a plumber who watched a YouTube video to fix your toilet? No. So the, that, to me, that's like the same thing. I'm not gonna. But, hire, I'm not. I wouldn't hire a coach. Yeah. Whose his only qualification is they've done a meet. They hold a record of some sort. Right. I want someone right. who has an education. I want someone right. who can tell me, who can literally tell me why you know this variation of squat will help me do this squat. Why this this accessory movement is going to carry over. I want someone who knows the right. science behind it who's right. studied it who's read books who's been taught it from experts yeah like they don't need to they don't need to actually have a degree in it but they yeah. need to, they need like for example uh carl mm-hmm. carl gogan he did mentorships with high-end level coaches mm-hmm. he went through 12 like weeks on weeks on weeks of doing courses with them mm-hmm. learning from them and how they coach why they coach like why they coach certain movements mm-hmm. and like that's the kind of thing i think people need to look for in a coach yeah my coach has a degree in exercise science he's done mentorships with other coaches yeah he does he's he still go, um, talks to other coaches and gets feedback from them about, on why he does certain stuff. So that's what makes a good coach. I agree. I think and the one like, attribute that's that's sorry. No, you go ahead. <laughs> so that that that's 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 why I that's why I re- what really irks me about like everyone and their mother thinking they can coach. Yeah. I, I can write a program. Yeah. Will it be a good program? Yeah. Like 90% unlikely, but I can yeah. still I could write you a program and coach you in powerlifting, but I'm not going to be a good coach and I'm going to be just taking advantage 
of someone who's looking to get into the sport. That's why I think natural selection will weed those people out. Yeah, you know, I, I hope think, so, but it, it's it's been like this for so long. Yeah, not, it'll continue to be that way. Like I, I feel like people will start to coach because they uh, want something different. They want a different challenge. Um, maybe they now. Are, so here's here's my. I guess this is the way I would define it is if you're doing it for the wrong reasons like if you're doing it because you really have a passion for learning you have a passion for teaching and and those that's really key is you have to have the passion for learning not necessarily just um just wanting to do it just do it you have to actually like love learning Mm -hmm. and be a student and put yourself through mentorship programs put yourself through a science degree that will make you a good coach partially Mm -hmm. um and powerlifting um but if you're doing it for the wrong reasons like if you're just doing it for clout if you're just doing it because everybody else is doing it if you're doing it for money yeah then you're fucked you're gonna be eventually you're gonna be terrible and nobody's gonna want to buy from you and you're gonna quit and that's where i say natural selection will Mm weed those people out so like there's like the idea that um you know i i think it was i first heard this idea from from nico um that when he first started coaching he wouldn't charge a penny to his club. yeah dude and i i think that's the way that, that if I you're agree. serious about coaching that's the way to yeah. do it because you're gonna not charge them they're gonna work with you you're gonna learn yeah. and as you get better then you can start charging but like if you're charging money right off the get-go you're in it for the wrong reasons and you know actually that's that's how i started off and i'll be honest that's how i started off i started off uh coaching general health and fitness because it was weight loss it's pretty simple mm-hmm. I started with dan and so I was really just leaning on Dan's mentorship, on coaching, and, you know, he was just like, just, yeah, it's going to take you time. Mm -hmm. Charge them and get paid for your time and learn and do your best. You know, do your absolute best and be selfless about it, you know. Um, And then I started realizing there's like a huge, huge gap here because like, yes, I'm helping people with weight loss, right? But then I started transitioning over to powerlifting, and that could be a lot more technical than just weight loss because weight loss is your no, they're both they both have their beasts mm-hmm. of their own. I've learned, so let's focus on powerlifting. So powerlifting, right? Very technical. You have to understand how to program, um, not just exercise selection sets reps, but you have to know why you have these numbers of sets, why you have these numbers of reps, and how people react to those sets of rep schemas and intensity loads over a given period of time Mm -hmm. because some people will react well to triples and doubles and they'll get stronger over time. Other people will actually just get stronger with volume. Yeah. And so you have to have that attention to detail and you have to be very attentive to each individual and people who get overwhelmed with like 15, 20, 30 clients at the same time, they like in the very beginning without building up that capacity, they start to, drown mm-hmm. and they don't do well and like as a natural selection will weed those people out yeah um the other thing is then you have to focus on like body mechanics because you don't want to injure these people mm-hmm. and everybody has different shapes and sizes and so the cues that you give like the cues i would give you would probably not work for the cues i would give nofi who's a female 125 pound I, I hope not <laughs> right <laughs> and so you have to also um adjust accordingly to that mm-hmm. Um, and so when I realized that there's like a huge gap in my knowledge, that's actually when I started taking on some clients on for free. And I was just like, guys, I'll just coach you because I just need the experience mm-hmm. to learn, to, 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 to see how number one, you would react because also coaching people is another aspect on its own. 
um, because some people psychologically react differently. Some people react well to harsh uh, criticism. Other people, you you need to coddle them. Yeah, yeah, you need to throw the pill in the peanut butter and yeah, you know, you give, need, it to them. Need, yeah so it, give it to them. Yeah, so it's definitely it's something. It's not fit coaching is is a whole fucking beast. I would own. never, I would never do it. I, I one, I'm not very smart in science, so that's already a strike against me. And two, I just don't have the patience with people. Mm-hmm. Like I would just snap at people left and right. So, <laughs> and that's I, another attribute you yeah. need is like that patience because like, you know, I've had to tell Neil not to swift kick you in the head so many <laughs> times. No, don't don't get don't. No, no, no. Oh, I I I know I know I'm not the easiest athlete to work with. I like to think I make his life pretty easy. <laughs> I, he, like he doesn't need to baby me. He doesn't need to like. Like he doesn't need to see every set. He knows I'm going to go in and put the work in. Right. But sometimes I'm just I'm just a little retarded. Like it, it's that's <laughs> just how it is. I didn't know what the posterior chain was until three years into powerlifting. Yeah. I I literally I had to text him one day. I'm like, hey, like you're saying this is supposed to help my posterior chain. What is that? But that's okay. You know that's that's another fallacy in coaching is that uh, the, uh, I remember hearing a good coach should know what a quad is but call it a thigh. Yeah, or the front of the thigh. Yeah, no, but like I like I I knew I needed to ask him eventually. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. you're you didn't have this background. I told you him you, I told explain to me like a retarded five year old. But that's <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hell. That's but that's not just you. Yeah. You know, in working with general health and fitness population, I've realized that uh, for example, you're like if I'm telling you your infraspinatus, supraspinatus, and you're going to use that to you, you might as well be speaking like Chinese to me. Exactly. So instead, if I just tell you like the muscles in your back. Oh, I know what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. I know I have traps, lats, yeah, the, yeah, the delts. Right. So if I tell you, like, and this is where like the, the the marketing aspect comes differs from how I coach. Like, and when I market, I'm talking about adducting, abducting, because you need to market your knowledge mm. because then people don't know if you know what you're talking about. But when I'm telling people like like adduct like adducting like your arms, right? When under lifting, I tell them to clap like a monkey with the syllables. Yeah, retarded five year old. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, overall there are a lot of good qualities of a coach, um, to those people that are brave enough to say, Hey, I'm going to start coaching. Good for you. Good for you. But be, be in it for the right reasons. Yeah. And I would say like, try to surround yourself with other coaches. Mm-hmm. That's how I got into it. Uh, I was totally against coaching. I was totally, totally against it until Dan in a car said, Hey, you want to join us? Yeah. Uh, the, the district district. And I was like. What do you you brought life to this name, this transition. I was like, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, uh, what do you want me to do? It's like, coach. I was like, are you going to help me? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll help. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, well, I mean, you you were definitely in good hands there. You had great guys all around you, Neil, Dan, Scott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scott came in afterwards uh, when it was became the district training facility. Pat came in, I think, about a year after that, to, a year before that. So for the longest time, uh, when we first started, like Dan, um, he's probably like the best guy I know. He's he's the nicest. He is being like alive. Jesus Christ! It brings tears to my eyes how nice he is. I I like, walk into the so district, good. he'd be just like Nate, and I'm just like, yeah, Damn, man, I would, I would, I would die for that guy. You and me both. I would I would kill for that guy. I don't know if I'd kill for him. I would, I would kill. Die for I, I'd go to jail for like twenty years. <laughs> I'd hide the body and I'd 
blame it on myself for him. Um, but yeah, he's such a good guy. So when he first brought me on, no contract, no definition on what my role is, no nothing. Just had you there. Just Yeah, just join me. And hey, man, I trust you to carry on the brand of a company that I'm starting. And I don't... That's that's big trust, especially because they, they literally started from nothing. That's what I'm saying. And, you know, reputation is everything, especially as a sprouting business. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest, I was, I, didn't, I was not <laughs> I was not a good guy. <laughs> at, I'm telling you, I don't know what the fuck he saw in me, but I shit. Clearly he saw something. He saw something. And so, um, you know, he brought me on and there was no classification as to what I'd be doing. He mm-hmm. just uh, we got involved with this mastermind class for coaches uh, that taught us how to get clients online. And we were just both kind of going through this learning phase together um, as individual coaches and Neil as well. Uh, three of us, just three individual coaches under the same banner doing it together. Mm-hmm. And I think to some degree that alleviates some of the fear um, because, you know, starting a business on your own, it can be scary. But when oh, you got your sure. two buddies with you, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah. You're going through it together. Did uh, you ever train anybody out of uh, where the the gym you guys had in Livingston, the uh, Zap? When you when they when no, they see that's you the ever... thing is like I, I wasn't I when I first started taking on clients I wasn't certified. I was still okay. take I was still studying for my National Academy of uh, Sports Medicine certification personal training CPT dash mm-hmm. CPT. Uh, I had taken anatomy classes, but really I was leaning on Dan Neal. So like, were, I would ask no, but them, were, like, you, like, what do you think would about you, like, be at the zap? Like, the, no, I like, couldn't because I wasn't no. Okay, sure. so you were just, to, like, at Adelante? Yeah, I was at Adelante. Okay. And then that was the other thing is Maku, like, another blessing in my life. Mm. Let me take on clients at Adelante and train yeah. them at Adelante. Most gyms don't do that. Most gyms want a piece of the pie. Yeah. But I think we had a mutual benefit in that I would just – people would sign up for membership and you'd get to coach him and i get to coach him yeah so it's a win-win yeah it was a win-win and you know i'd always introduce him to him because he's mm-hmm. had entree there so um that's basically how it, the like 2019 went yeah was i was coaching on the tsd banner training them at alante we'd get results people would be losing weight um and then 2020 happened yep uh, you know, pandemic shut down, joined the mastermind class. We tried doing strictly online. It was a lot of learning. And so I think now, fast forward now, what's going on is, um, you know, when it came down to it, uh, a lot of thought process, a lot of thought went into it in terms of my role, future there. And I just realized like, I'm being a pussy, man. I'm being a pussy in that I'm being afraid to not start my own thing, mm. to not start my own brand. To not build it up, to not put my own money on the line. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to start my own brand, mm-hmm. um, online fitness. Um, no, not really tied down to one location. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could, I've still trained people out of there. I'm training Elias there. Oh, tonight, actually, today's Friday. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going there tonight. Um, it allows me to branch out. So if mm-hmm. I want to train at other places, I could do that, which uh, yeah, I also have good. thoughts of doing. Yeah, I want to. And so um, now it puts me in the zone of like, okay, now I'm the owner of this business and I got to know how to bring this business up. Mm-hmm. It's an online business. It's really yeah. an online business. I With some in-person training in, involved for locally, but I my vision for it is to really develop it as an online fitness business that is impactful because one of the things also was I've learned that a big, um, a big, um, what's the word trend? 
a big trend nowadays with online businesses is online um, mentorship programs. Okay. Where they have a lot of just libraries of stuff and you gain access to it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, PR's Performance, Chardonnay, yeah. Steve Dano, if you, they actually they have the, the powerlifting. Was it powerlifting now? Powerlifting now. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That, I don't know if I'll ever pay for that, but it's a, it sounds very interesting. Yeah, I well, would. It's because you're you're coaching. You're, exactly, that's useful to you. To that's me, their niche. That's their me, niche. I don't need I don't need to teach myself. That. Right, so I right. Know how my body works. My coach knows knows how my body works. I don't need to do it. But the fact that they did that though is very very smart and it's brilliant. Big, it's big scalable. For the sport slash hobby. It's scalable. If you want to be a coach, you've got a place to go learn mm-hmm. things from three different coaches. Three, three? different like top tier top like, tier coaches. coaches that have coached at national international levels yes you know um and so i just want to do that but i think the way i want to direct it is going to be general health fitness yeah and powerlifting is a part of that mm-hmm. because yeah. and powerlifting can be applied to any any form of fitness yeah, it really can it yeah. doesn't need to be competitive like that 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 also comes down to do you need to compete to be a powerlifter no yeah in my I, opinion I, no i am um, I mean, to be a competitive powerlifter, yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I agree with you. Like, uh, just practicing the movements will make you, et cetera. You're, you're, you, play, you play soccer, not competitively. You, you, you Are you a soccer, soccer player? Are you? Are you? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough question. I'd say yes. I'd say yes. I'd say but yes. You, you play soccer. You're not a professional soccer player. Right. You're not going to pay for you it. You play soccer. Right. You're a soccer player. You might want to sign up for a You'll league. You'll sign up for a rec t- league. Yeah. yeah. But, the, but then that makes you competitive, doesn't it? That makes you a competitive soccer player. Yeah. Okay. But not you're a professional right. soccer player. Okay. It's like neither of us are professional, professional power- powerlifters. We haven't made money playing f- not performing power. Performing power. Performing powerlifting, playing powerlifting. Playing <laughs> lifting. <laughs> Just lifting. Yeah. Um I actually I have made money lifting. Um I'm sponsored by one ten. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I'm not I haven't made money lifting. I've made money. But you're from, a sponsored athlete now. I'm technically a sponsored athlete. Yes. Yeah. I make four dollars yeah. a month whenever I buy my own pre workout using my four, code. <laughs> that's four more dollars than four any more other dollars in my bank account. Yeah. yeah. It's not only four more dollars in my bank it's it's probably it's probably me saving ten dollars because I get ten percent off the pre workout and then I get the money back. Shit, should we be saying this right now? Because uh, it, it doesn't. They know. Uh, they know I'm the only one. That, you had them on for the podcast. I saw like the video in the. Yeah, the, I'm excited for that one to drop. I Kevin and oh, I he I love when Kevin, he goes off. He's he when he pops a, off. He's a New Jersey Bilber. Yeah, he's the New Jersey Bilber. He's a ginger. He has a very unique <laughs> voice, and he's fucking hilarious. He is. He is. He's, he's he's one of my favorite people. I I like him so much. So in fact, um, I'm responsible for One Ten being an international brand. Oh, because you brought it to Israel? No, not to Israel. To England. To England. So when um so I was living in Israel at the time though, but uh-huh. I knew about One Ten. I knew he was growing the business, and everyone I was hearing from everyone back home okay. about how great the brand was. Yeah, the, the pre workout was good. It tasted good. All this stuff. Um, I was I was in a group chat with him. We'll, we'll leave it at that. I was in a group chat with him, and we were talking. Um, and so I I was I was on a friendly basis with him through the group chat, and he and I started texting each other. Um, and I said to him, I'm like, which by the way, uh, guys, uh, 110% supplement brand discount code Nate. Uh, but so I reached out to him. I'm like, Hey dude, I have these connections in England. Um, I have a really good friend who's a top class lifter over there. Oh, fucking what's his name? Uh, Ben Pape. Fuck. He's so strong. He's, um, he's, um, he's, Fuck, I think I it's sixth in the him. world right now in the one Oh fives. 
That doesn't make sense. It's it's, it's unbelievable. He's I, he's I feel like he's like he's also one. like the nicest guy in the world. He looks like he walks he's off so, smiling. He's so nice. I love him. He's like holy shit. Did I just lift that? <laughs> he's he's. Uh, whenever I get a chance to lift with him when I'm in England, it's so fun. Fuck. Um, but his technique is good his, too. I mean, so he's a guy that's in it for the right reasons. He's a full-time coach. He's a university coach. Okay. And um, all he, all his life is literally powerlifting. Shit. And he's okay. all he's in it. For, he's in it just straight up for the love of the sport. He doesn't care about making money. Mm-hmm. He cares about making the sport better. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, anyways, um, I, I hit up Kevin. I'm like, look, dude. Like, I know who. I know how much this means to you. I know you're put literally putting your life's money like you were gambling your entire life savings on this brand mm-hmm. um and i want to help you any way i can i have this buddy let me put you in contact with him so i i, I made a group chat with me ben and um kevin mm-hmm. and i introduced them and they worked out for kevin to send out a trial supplement to ben for him to try and ben loved it mm. and so now kevin I, I don't i don't know the logistics of it but he sends out like tons and tons of tons of product to ben and ben distributes it around england mm-hmm. and so that oh shit so he's a distributor in england he's yeah he's an unofficial distributor i don't know if it's on uh, unofficial or official but like I, he he's the like the main go-to guy in england Brian and King. now like everyone i like because through everyone i follow with through ben from my time lifting in england when like going uh i've been to four or five gyms out there Great facilities, um, and so all of them are on using one ten nowadays. Nice, it's really cool to see, and like that's awesome. Yeah, one hundred ten percent is like really. I hadn't even good. Tr- I hadn't even tried one ten at that point. Okay, I, I literally was just like I'm going off like w- like word of mouth. Like this is what my friends are telling me. I know Kevin. I know he's a good guy. I hear his product is good. It's great. Let's like, it's beyond. It's great. amazing. It's a real. It's really. Good. I love the fact that it's just like not a bunch of bullshit in there. It's not not I, a lot of stimulants. Look, in you there. could sell me a bunch really of bullshit. I'm not going to know the difference, but like, I feel like, the like, difference. Like I said, man. I know him. I yeah. know. I know why he's passionate about yeah. this, and so I trust him. Yeah, and it, it, like the flavors are good, delicious. Um, the the Wee's Sprite flavor was one of my favorite flavors. The Wee Sprite. We we like Wee's. You know the 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 lifter. I haven't tried the Sprite flavor. It was, I didn't know it that was there lemon was... lime, but it, 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 it was, was a Sprite flavor. It, yeah, it's Sprite. It's, Why did I sleep and it, on that? It, like when is you it shake it, it felt, I don't know. You'd have to talk to him. I really. I mean, the warehouse is in auto. Jersey City, so if he has a spare one, I'm sure he, he he could sell it to you. But fuck, man, that sounds delicious. So, but he and I are in talks right now for a Nate's special edition a flavor. Nate's. Special. You ready for this? Ooh, yes, 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 yes. Chicken bacon ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Schuster came up with that Wait, idea. Why chicken bacon ranch? I don't know, but Do Jeremy, you like chicken bacon and ranch? Together? I haven't had chicken bacon ranch since I was probably a fatty in freshman year. So you're like taking on this fatty persona no, in a so, proud so way. Jeremy Schuster came up with this idea. Like he just so a, a ve- vegetarian, a vegan, a vegan, a vegan came, came up, up with, with the, chicken. Just bacon, as it was like as ranch. a joke. And then so at, whenever he com- like posts, oh, what should our new flavors be? I'm always posting chicken, bacon, ranch. Make it happen. <laughs> he's just like, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to make a limited batch. Of chicken, bacon, and ranch. Yes, sir. Oh, I, I sounds- don't know when that's coming, but I hope it does. Like, I hope he's serious about making it come. And I am going to be very excited to try it and probably going to throw up after. Oh, that sounds shit. awful. <laughs> chicken, bacon, ranch. It could either go very well if he makes it like I feel like you, you should make that more like a protein powder flavor. Mm. I feel like you have more, more, more chances of making that taste better than a pre-workout flavor. Mm. Either mm. way, it's not going to taste good. But 
hear, when have you ever had like a savory flavored pre-workout? A uh, savory, a savory pre-workout. Like they're all like a sour candy, okay, candy like, like apple fruity. Flavor. Right, right. Pre uh, protein powder on the other hand, I've had you know peanut butter flavor, like not necessarily. Yeah, they're super usually savory. sweet. They're usually sweet. Not like super savory, no, obviously, yeah. but like chicken bacon ranch. But like I've had sa more savory protein powder. I should have asked him that. Why is it that pre-workouts aren't like in vanilla? Well, you could always have them like, come back. Like definitely gonna have them come back. But I'd, I'd come back with like him. I would have loved that. <laughs> like why isn't there like a chocolate pre-workout? Is it because it's a, I, I, the texture is juice? I, I bet you it has like, to do with the ingredients. Like in water. The, like the ingredients that you have to do for well first of all i think it's what you mix it with yeah because you never mix your pre-workout with anything but water maybe gatorade right but it's always something you drink during your workout now not no one's going to drink milk during a workout and you you mix your protein powder with milk because that's what protein powder is made from yeah but I, you could also drink your protein powder with water yeah but that's gross yeah don't judge me. <laughs> I've, I've mixed my protein powder with water before, and I just wanted to shoot myself. It tasted awful. Dry scoop? Uh, dry scoop protein powder? Ah, Ooh. There's an idea. Yeah, but what do you wa wash it down with? Gatorade. Oh. Actually, yes. I've mixed an orange Gatorade with vanilla. Uh, I, but that, you see, delicious. That could work because you're like making a vanilla creamsicle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like an orange creamsicle. Or a fruit punch with like vanilla. Like I had a dimatized orange creamsicle protein powder and that was gross. Ah. It was, I hated it. It was disgusting. Why? It just, it was too, like it was sweet and sour. Like oh, it was, okay. It, was, okay, it wasn't okay, good. Okay. Probably just the way that, yeah. I like, I like my protein powders. I like, I've had strawberry protein powder. That's good. I, lo I love, I like it vanilla, chocolate. I like it basic. I've had the GNC brand, uh, thin mint flavor. That was good. Okay. Okay. I've had I'm like some mints. of those other, like the Chips Ahoy versions. Those are, those, those were, those were all the, right. Those like, were too much for me. Yeah. I, like they were good. Like it was like, oh, this isn't like as hard to drink, flavor, but like yeah, it was just too much. Yeah. I'm not going to have that twice a day. Um, no, oh, like, like, like a good cookies and cream from like Optimum or Dimatize. Those were good. Those are good. Yeah. Like, I don't need an Oreo flavor with Oreo chunks in it. Yeah. I'm okay. So. I'm okay. What are you doing now in terms of like your diet and nutrition? Um, Right now, I'm just kind of, you know, just chilling with it. You're just um, eating whatever? Not just eating whatever, but, okay. like, I'm not, you know, chicken, rice, spinach. Chicken, like, I'm not eating the, like, I'm not on, like, a bodybuilder diet. Like, I have buddies who do bodybuilding, and I see that they eat the, like, he's, one of my buddies sent me his, like, his eating schedule. I'm like, this looks fucking awful. What are you eating, then? Um, I mean, my go-to. Like, what do you do? Just general, generally like, speaking. So, my, my go-to, like, like, the only thing I really eat the same is, like, my pre-workout meal. I like to keep that the same because I know it works. Okay. I don't change from it, and I, all, I usually have good lifts. And what's that? And so what I'll do is uh, 125 grams of rice okay. before I cook it. So I don't. I, you multiply by three. That's 375 grams of cooked rice. Okay. Um, and so what I do with the rice, I'm actually very different when I cook my rice. I put a little bit of oil in the water, and then I put some chicken stock in. What does that do? It just it, it keeps it from sticking. First of all, like okay. When you finish, because I don't use a rice cooker, I use a pot. Uh -huh. Um, and then it, it just gives it a little more, like it, it gives it a little fat, gives it a little more flavor, you know. All mm -hmm. So I put a little chicken stock in, and then this is where I get really crazy. I put in uh, about quarter kilo, so two hundred fifty grams of grape tomatoes in with my rice when I cook it, and uh -huh. so it breaks apart while it boils, and it, uh -oh. it, it makes the rice more flavorful. Oh. And it's really good. And you get your veggies and fiber that way. Oh. And then I'll also do 12 ounces of ground turkey and spinach. 
Okay. And so a nice fat bowl of uh, turkey, rice, and veggies. Yeah. Eat that. Hour later, go lift and uh, kick ass on my workout. Scrumptious. It's delicious. And besides that, what do you do? Like in the morning, you wake uh, up, morning, what do you have for breakfast? It really it depends when I wake up. Yeah. If I'm going to work, like when I was going, when I go to work, um, I would bring a uh, Jimmy Dean's frozen thing of like egg whites and turkey sausage and potatoes. Okay. And it was like 300 calories. Take it to the office? Yeah, just take it, microwave it at the office and eat it there. It's it gets it's enough to get me to lunch. I'll maybe bring like a Fairlife protein shake with me too. Okay. Um, then eat my rice, turkey, all that fun stuff, go work out, and then I'll have like another Fairlife protein shake. Uh, it, it costs the same amount as buying a tub of protein really to, to buy like a pack of 12 of those. And then I like, I really love some chicken thighs. Okay. Chicken thighs are my fucking favorite. Yeah, they're better than breasts. Oh, breasts. Breasts are, it depends how you cook the breasts. No. Yeah. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Well, if you fry the breasts, it's delicious. But if you fry the chicken thighs, better. I disagree. I actually, so I'm a huge schnitzel guy. Okay. And that comes from my time in Israel. Schnitzel? Schnitzel. What's a schnitzel? A schnitzel is just a breaded chicken that's fried. Okay. Um, And so that comes from my time in Israel. And... I've done it with both breast and thigh, and thigh is good because thigh is fatty and it's delicious. But when you like have a nice thin piece of chicken breast, like hammered out, uh-huh. fry it and schnitzel, not much better than that. But do you think that it, you must have just like fucked up the thigh? No, we, I'm a huge thigh advocate here. I'll die on the thigh. I'll, I'll die on the thigh too. <laughs> but like, I think there's very few times, like a like a chicken parm, I think is much better with breast than thigh. I haven't tried it. You, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it with the breast. I'm the, the thigh. I'm gonna try making it with the breast because it's easy. It's harder to cook the. the and yes, I'm I'm having an argument right now on thighs because I'm so adamant, <laughs> man. I don't bl- do like I said. I got a. I have in my. I have two chicken breasts in my fridge. I probably have twenty chicken thighs in my fridge right now. Oh fuck because yeah. Because thighs are better than breasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'll maybe I'll chop up a little breast to throw in with the thigh to you know get a little more, more protein, protein content. Yeah, yeah, more liquids. Um, but like. The, the thigh is the best part of the chicken. Yeah, yeah. It's better than the wing, and I love wings, and it's better mm-hmm. than the breast, and I love breast. And you get uh, skin, <laughs> skinless, boneless chicken thighs, right? Yeah, of course. Of right. course. Well, one, because like when I'm measuring, you, the skinless bone, the bone just throws everything off when you're trying to measure right. it. But two, like I don't want to have to fucking like pick the bone out of my mouth when right. I eat it or like cut around it. It's, right. it's a pain in the ass. Right, right, right. So. And the reason I ask is because, you know, a lot of the whole reason for this podcast is just people listen to what you do. See yeah. a really buff guy. They'll probably be like, what is he doing? And so here's like a in the life of my, Nate. My go-to though protein source, like meat-wise, is 93.7 ground turkey or ground beef. Fuck yeah. Bo- both ones are great. They're just depends what I'm in the mood for. I find that I could do the ground, the 93.7 ground turkey without any seasoning, but the 93.7 ground beef, I need the seasoning on because I find the beef to be more bland than the turkey. Okay. So okay. The the deli by my apartment, they sell ground ostrich, ground wild boar. Oh. I want to try the ostrich. I want to try the ostrich too. I bet you that's really good. Do they have other types of ostrich parts? No, only Just only frozen pound ground ostrich. Oh, okay. Have you ever had like elk or anything like that? No. Elk is delicious. I like to try some. Elk. So I when I went when I was living in in New Hampshire my senior year of college. Yeah. Uh, I was right next to a food co-op. And the local hunters would bring in their elk meat and sell it to the food co-op. Hmm. And so they would sell fresh ground elk, and I would go buy that. It was like $30 a pound. Uh, but I was living off daddy's money in college, so it was okay. <laughs> um, and so I would buy that, and it was so good. Hmm. It's like, have you ever had venison? 
I've had venison. It's like venison. venison's very game, like so gamey. Yeah. It's like less gamey. Like it's not as chewy and bland as right. venison. Okay. So it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I'd make it with like pasta and just have like ground elk and pasta. Yeah. You know, what normal white boys in New Hampshire have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but awesome, man. Well, yeah. thanks for hopping on. My pleasure, dude. Uh, I hope to be back sometime. You're definitely going to be back. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs>